Thanks for joining us for the Sermon of the Week. You can find out more information about Legacy Church online at LegacyFamily.tv. This is one you need to go back and listen to again and again, okay? Y'all with me? Amen. All right. Not, not, just kind of gently bump them when they go to sleep. We started this off, and I said, if you'll know, find out who you are in Christ, a lot of your chains will break off. Amen. Identity. Yes, so we're going to start. It's not in your notes, but if you want to jot it down at the top, Ephesians, the first chapter, just 3 through 8. We're going to look at some things right quick, and I want you to acknowledge. I want you to say some things with me. Can you do that? Blessed be the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Say, blessed us. Bless us. Say, bless me. With every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, in Christ. So, so, so wait a minute. There's blessings in heavenly places for you. It's got your name on it. Amen. We're going to learn how to get it today. Come on, Come on, I've been blessed. Say, I'm blessed. Amen. Unless you say the word of God's not true. Verse 4. Just as he chose us. Say, I've been chosen. I've been chosen. I'm one of the chosen ones. He chose you. Remember, remember when you know, when Ken Elementary, pick me, pick me, playing kickball or whatever, pick me. God picked you. He made you. He paid for you. He chose you. Amen. Run, I'd run out the door. And nobody caught it. You have been chosen by God. Change your thinking that we should be holy and without blame. Oh, I'm not. I'm not without blame. You know, I'm a failure. No, God hadn't called you a failure. He's called you holy and without blame. It's up to me to change into the be holy without blame. He's already calling me that. Look at verse 5. I've been predestination. He's predestinated us to the adoption. I say, I've been adopted. I'm a son and a daughter by Jesus Christ. My wife's, I call her niece, but she's really a, a cousin. She adopted a baby and had to go back to court because they wanted to take it back. Actually, Grandma wanted it back to make money off of it. You know what I'm talking about? But we prayed that righteousness would prevail, that justice would prevail. That baby belongs to her. She's adopted that baby. God adopted every last one of us. Some of you have the mentality that you're an orphan. You are not an orphan. You're a child of God. God has adopted you, brought you into the family. Amen? Amen? Amen. So I say it with me. I'm in the family of God. I'm a child of God. I belong to God. I am no longer a child of the devil. I'm a child of God. Isn't that good? Now look at verse 6. To the praise of the glory of His grace by which He has accepted us. Some of y'all feel rejected, but God has accepted you. Kick that rejection out. Say, I've been accepted. accepted. Smile at somebody and say, I've been accepted. Some of y'all looked at your your boyfriend or your spouse and you're thinking, well, I won't know about that. Come on. God has accepted you. Isn't that good news? This is the good news. All this is good news. This is the gospel. This is what you need to know. My, man, to know who we are in Christ Jesus. I am nothing without him, but with him I am everything. Amen? Amen? 
Verse 7, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin according to the riches of his grace. It's his grace through his blood that we've been saved, redeemed. He paid for us. Amen. He paid for us with his blood. Amen? Amen? Last verse we look at today in this, which he made to abound towards us all wisdom and prudence. Wisdom is abounding towards you. Well, I don't know nothing, Pastor Brown. I, 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 that ain't what the Word says. That's right. Maybe you need to seek it out. The Bible says wisdom's like a treasure. It calls out in the field. Here I am. That's right. Here's the field. That's right. Here I am. Here it is. Dig into it. Look for that treasure. It's life-changing. It's joy unspeakable. Amen. Peace that passes understanding. Woo! All right. <laughs> it's just commercial break. We just this is like this, you know, go to the movie and all the movies going for you. This is just a different sermon, but you need to know who you are. Quit letting the devil beat you down. Now, now, now we, we believe in the gifts of the spirit. Words of wisdom, words of Miss Shirley got up and just about preached my sermon. It's confirmation. Not for me, because I know what I got was from God, but it's confirmation that you can hear from God. She hears from God. You can hear from God. You can accept the word that she said, and you can accept this word that I'm about to preach, because God's confirming it Amen. with signs following. That's right. Okay? Yes, so let's get into it today. And we're going to read uh, uh, the title of the sermon is Chains of Doubt. You know doubts can chain you and bind you? Yes, sir. We've got to get, a, get rid of some doubt. You need to doubt your doubts. Jesse preached that. We're going to read Matthew 14, 22. This is where Jesus walked on the water. How many of you know that God and Jesus can do anything? Yeah? You know most winos believe that, and you know even the devil believes it. So how are you going to be different with that? Can God do anything for you? Ah, it's all right to talk about him in the history and in the past and Jesus walked on the water. But how about we bring it to today, to today? How are we going to live this? Because you're full of doubt. Some of you are. It's time to get it out, get it out, get it out. Get out the doubt. So let's read. We're going to read the whole story here. Matthew 14, starting in verse 22. And... Uh, Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get in the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. And he sent the crowds away. And after he sent the crowds away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was alone. And notice Jesus separated himself to pray. But the boat was already a long distance from the land, battered by the waves, and the wind was contrary. So let's, let's talk about this just for a second. This was not very far. They weren't going very far. Matter of fact, the next day, the people walked around the shore. It took them a long time, but they walked around the shore and got to the other side. But Jesus sent them to the other side in a boat. And the wind was stopping them. Has anybody ever paddled a boat other than me in wind? And you couldn't just couldn't go anywhere. Aggravate. Blowing you all over the place. The wind was contrary. That's what it means. It was aggravating. Okay? 
And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. Oh, my goodness. He's walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, and you would have been too. And one of them said, it's a ghost. How many of you know there's all kinds of videos of ghosts out there on the Internet and stuff like that? That's not your great uncle uh, Henry. Uh, uh, that's a demon, okay? Let's, get, let's, get, let's just teach a little bit just here because there's a lot of spiritual junk out there. And there are demon spirits out there that manifest, and people are chasing them on TV to make, you know, trying to make a dollar off of it. Be careful what you watch. So when the disciples walked him, they were terrified, and they said, it's a ghost, and they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter said to him, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. And Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came toward Jesus. Now Peter's walking on the water. Come on. But seeing the wind, he became frightened and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and took, him, took a hold of him and said to him, you of little faith, why did you doubt? When when they got into the boat, the wind stopped. Wind stopped. Jesus stopped it. And those who were in the boat worshiped him, saying, You certainly are the Son of God. Now, we're going to break this story down. You look on your notes. We're going to get into it. One, two, three, and four. We're going to look at some things. And I want you to look at them, and I want you to take them to heart. Are you ready? Amen. Number one, what you see in here can chain you. What you see and here can chain you. A, fear and doubt has a voice. Can you hear it? Let me give you some examples. Uh, you can't do that. See there? It's looking worse. It's getting bad. America's going to hell. What does God say about it? What does doubt say? I told you it wouldn't work. You ever had somebody tell you that? Doubt says you need to see it first and then believe it after. Guess what? Jesus is walking on the water. The disciples are sitting in the boat Fear grips them, and it kept them in the boat. Now, everybody wants to get on to Peter because he doubted and sunk, but what about the other 11? So one out of 12, so if I pick 12 of you, one of you might get out of the boat. The rest of you are going to sit in the boat in afraid. Fear, fear, fear kept them in the boat. Why didn't they all say, Lord, let us walk with you? Oh, they're all freaking out. Because the voice of doubt said, this is not real. Because people say, if I could see it, I'd believe it. Well, they saw it and still couldn't believe it. Come on, so it's beyond seeing. It's believing. Faith is believing and seeing with the heart or the eye of your heart. 
and the Holy Spirit, your helper, to believe for greater things. Most of us just trying to, uh, if I just believe to live right, well, how about just live, start living right and start believing for bigger things? Something bigger than you. And I mean, like, is y'all getting quiet on me? Are you, thinking, are you listening to doubts? Doubt will speak to you. It'll speak to your mind. It'll speak to you through people. They'll talk to you. They'll tell you it's not real. Can't follow that. Even if we had a notable miracle here, there'd be people that weren't here say, I don't believe that. Isn't it true? But are you a believer or a doubter? There's nothing wrong with looking at it and being sure of it, but you need to be asking God, not your mind. Your mind will lie to you. So B, faith has a voice. <coughs> Romans 12, 3 says, God has given to every man the measure of faith. Listen, that you need to write that down. That's not in your notes. For through the grace given to me to everyone is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. You have faith. Say, I have faith. My wife has faith. My husband has faith. My children have faith. Don't look down on anybody. They have faith too. So say, I have faith. Right. Your part is to develop your faith. Now, now Tim, I'm going to pick on Tim right here. Tim can probably uh, bench press 200 pounds or more, and he probably hadn't been on a bench in his life, but he's a farm boy. Me, I'd be do good to get 50 pounds up. I'm not built like him, though I do have muscles. I have muscles like him, but his forearms are like Popeye's. Mine are like toothpicks. And I've seen him grab a post and pick it up with one hand, and me and another boy looked at each other like, okay. Where well, we'd have had to wrestle that thing, and Tim grabs it with one hand, picks it up, moves it over. I have the same amount of muscles. His are more developed than his forearms than mine. But faith, everyone has, and everyone can develop faith. And it has a voice. Faith has a voice. It's always talking you to go push forward. There's no retreat in faith. Faith has a voice. In Matthew 14, 28, Peter believed the words of Jesus. Peter cried out and said, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. Do you know that question kind of tied Jesus up? Well, it's not me. You can't come. Jesus didn't say that. Amen. Jesus said, come on. He said, come. So Peter got excited seeing what Jesus did and what Jesus could do. And he wanted, you know what? The, the question really was, Lord, if it's you, make me like you. I want to be like you. Amen. And Jesus said, come on. When are you going to say, Lord, make me like you? I want to be like Jesus. And we gotta, that's got to be our mindset. We want to be like Jesus. And say, Lord, I want to be like you. And he'll say, come on. Let me show you how. Listen, listen, we want to be well-rounded. We, we, you know, everybody has a lane, so to speak. 
Everybody has a gift. Everybody has a gift. Your gift's not like mine, and you shouldn't, have, you shouldn't want to be like me. You want to be like Jesus. Okay? Not everybody's called to stand in the pulpit, but everybody has a gift. Everybody can teach. Everybody can witness. Everybody can pray. But there are specific gifts that God's given you, but it takes faith for you to use them. There's a, one of my former youth is in Bible school at Brother Copeland's, and uh, he, Brother Copeland said he was listening to a conversation, and these people were talking, well, they're of that camp, and they're, we're of this camp, and, and they're of that, and this one's of that one. He goes, and he got up in, in front of the church and just kind of did a lot of soft rebuke and said, listen, there's no such thing as that camp over there and this camp over here. We're all the body of Christ. But even right here, we're all the body of Christ. And we have gifts differing. The Bible is King James different. They're different. And it's a good thing. But he's so glad he don't look like me. And he don't act like me. Because God made him him. Now, Brother Copeland went on to say, there are some people that, that they have a lane. And that's what I'm trying to explain. He goes, my lane's faith. God raised me up and taught me faith. But he goes, don't disregard other people because they don't teach faith like I teach it. They have a different lane. And you can learn from them. And he brought up Todd White. He goes, Todd White's walking in the glory. They're going out on the street seeing miracles, signs and wonders, getting people healed. He goes, don't you? He goes, and I wanted to go to them. They came to me and said, teach us faith. And he goes, I want y'all to teach me about the glory. I need more of the glory that you're walking in. There was an exchange. That's why your gift is so important to the body of Christ because it gives and it adds things that, 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 that maybe I don't have or the church doesn't have, that the church needs. You say, well, I'm just a little toe in the body of Christ. Let me hit it with a hammer and let's see how, how, you feel, how we all would hurt. We all hurt when the, even the little toe hurts. Let me cut your little finger off and see if you don't miss it. Your gift is missed if you're not using it. But it takes faith to believe that your gift's as important as anybody else's. That's why you need to know who you are. And guess what? When you start developing that gift, other gifts rise up. I got some commercial break, I guess. We got off on gifts there a little bit. But faith has a voice. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and 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 hearing the Word of God. And hearing, not having heard. You know? Well, I had a steak two years ago. I ain't eating any more steaks ever again. No, no, no. We hear, we hear, we hear. I had chicken. I've had chicken before. I ain't eating chicken again. You're going to run out of stuff to eat. Never run out of stuff to eat with the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing. The Word of God is deep, deep, deep. It's layer upon layer. Deep cries out to deep as you start reading. If you just break down John 3, 16, it'll take you the rest of your life. Amen. To break it come totally and completely down. The Word of God is full of faith. So we need faith, and faith has a voice. What does the Word say? What does God say? 
Say, I have faith. See, your focus brings doubt or faith. That's what Miss Shirley's word was. What are you looking at? What are you looking at? So Peter looked, seeing the wind, he became frightened in Matthew 14, 30, and 32. He became frightened and began to sink. Do you know how many times I've been to the hospital? Do you know how many times I've counseled people? or try to help people who were sick, or help people in marriage, and they walk by sight, and they say, it can never happen, it's over. And the devil comes in, or excuse me, the doctor comes in with the devil's words, because he's walking by sight. He's been trained to walk by sight. Not, no offense, but we can't walk by sight. And, 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 and I, I, I go to doctors. Don't get me wrong. They help me. They help me know where to use my faith. In whatever medicine, I take it in the name of Jesus. You take medicine in the name of Jesus. You use your, their wisdom. But the final word comes from God. Okay? Just trying to help. I don't care if you go to the banker. The final word comes from God. If you lose your job, the final word comes from God. He's your source. Well, y'all quiet today. He saw the wind. Take your eyes. He took his eyes off Jesus. If you take your eyes off Jesus, that's when doubt rises up, gets bigger. If doubt is bigger than Jesus, guess what? You're chained. You're defeated. It'll rob you. It'll rob you of the promise. It'll rob you of the blessing. We have to use our faith. God wants us to use our faith in every area of life and, and, and every uh, sickness and disease, every poverty that attacks us, every depression that it comes against us, every oppression that comes against us. That's the enemy. It's doubt. Second Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. Whatever your checkbook looks like, whatever your symptoms look like, whatever somebody says to you, you've got to go back and look at what the Word says. <coughs> Let's use it like this. Again, if you're going to work out with weights, that's how you develop your muscles. If you're going to develop your faith, you've got to work this out. And where you're weak, there you better be focusing. Focus. Don't just do like I did as a little Baptist boy. You know, I read it as fast as I could. Lord, my shepherd shall not want to make me lay down in the green pasture, leave me inside the still water, store my soul, leave me. Okay, I read my Bible verse for today. Now I didn't get squat out of it. Come on, get something. Go to the Word with a purpose. Amen. With a purpose. That's why in the back of your Bible, or you got, you got Google, you got everything, you can find uh, Things about sickness, being a shepherd. You can find God your shield. You can find out that you can stand in the shadow of the Almighty. You can do, and you can go with a purpose. Go with a purpose. That's, good. That's why people tell me, you don't have no problem believing for finances, but healing I struggle. Then go to the Word with a purpose to find healing. If healing's not a problem, but money is, go to the Word and look at how to, to handle money and how to believe God for more money. How to call money in. 
I don't know if you can do that. Well, you can with faith. Doubt says, I don't know if you can do that. You know what doubt used to tell me? It works for other people, but it won't work for you. That's doubt. It won't work for you. The blessing's not for you. Healing's not for you. It works for other people, but it won't work for you. Yes, it will work for me. I had to settle it. You know what I used to? I used to, I used to confess the word driving to work. Anybody other than me confess the word while you drive to work? You need to be confessing the word. I'm blessing the city. I'm blessed in the field. Wherever I go, I'm blessed. Whatever I put my hand to, I'm blessed. My boss said, we need to sell these. And I'm like, my mind goes, you're crazy. But I said, if I put my hand to it, it's going to be blessed. Uh, my phone's over there. Is it, remember the first cell phones that came out? Remember they were bag phones? Remember the ne- little Nokias that came out? Anybody have a little Nokia? Did they give you that? Remember they gave you that phone and you just paid the month for it? Do you know that phone cost $450 to make? And they gave it to you. But you know they made it back month by month by month because most people didn't stay in their contract. I had people that were crying having a $300 a month bill. Remember that days? Remember those days? But they gave you that phone. You could see yourself using it if they gave you the phone. It was a trap, though, wasn't it? See, it's all in how you see and you perceive. And, and so that goes, takes us to the next one, is, is don't let your imagination run away with you. Do you know your imagination's godly? It's supposed to be godly. God gave you imagination to dream big. To imagination that you can see yourself laying hands on the sick and seeing them recover. Imagination that you can lay hands on somebody and get them filled with the Holy Spirit. Imagination that you can see yourself teaching a Bible class at your work or maybe in your home. Imagination that you're blessed above only the head and not the tail. Come on, an imagination to see that whatever you do is going to be blessed. Because I serve the Lord most high, I put God first, and therefore I'm going to be blessed. That's an imagination in the positive. But how many know your imagination can be in the negative? I broke my leg one time in, uh, in 1981. That was back before most, some of y'all were even born. But I was on crutches for five months. You know what comes along with crutches in five months? Depression. Because my imagination was under attack. You ain't ever going to walk again. You're going to be on crutches the rest of your life. You can't get off of these things. Depression comes. I'm sick and tired of these crutches. And I cannot see myself getting off of these crutches. Huh? You don't tell me that I'm not the only, I'm not the only one because if, so, if you lost your job, your imagination starts running wild on what we're going to do, what we're going to do. You've got to control your imagination. You've got to bring it and make your imagination godly. It's what the Bible calls renewing your mind. You renewing your mind. <laughs> Tim talked about me being ta- using the Eeyore. Well, Eeyore was one of my great uncles. That's why I, I know how he talks. But that's the imagination. I'm never going to, never, nothing ever going to happen good for me. 
Even if they do give me a present, there won't be nothing in the box. That's a your. That's the negative imagination. Well, y'all never call. Y'all don't love me. Huh? Control your imagination. Keep it under control. Put it, put it in its place. If you're going to have an imagination, you might as well have a godly one and you dream big. Say it, say it with me. I have a great imagination. Therefore, I'm an overcomer. I am more than a conqueror. Not by my might, but by God's might. By His strength. By His power. I'm, a, I'm more than a conqueror. I'm an overcomer. You see, you see how you've you got to change your thinking. Come on. Because your imagination runs wild. How I many you know it can even go perverted? But we want it to be godly. We want it to, we want to have, uh, uh, you know, the imagination of, of, of inventions, new ideals, maybe businesses. Huh? Inventions. You ready to invent something? You ever ask God? Man, I, I can give you story after story where people were put on pressure and to believe God. They fasted for a week and asked God for an invention, and God gave it to them. Wow. New ideals. Witty inventions. God knows where there's hidden riches in secret places. Have you ever asked him for it? Okay. Huh? How about calling those things which be not as though they were? That's what faith does. Faith calls those things. Jesus walked on the water by his faith. Jesus healed the leper by his faith, and he called him, Well, be whole. By your faith you are whole, and, they be, and the blind saw. What is that about? That's faith. That's Jesus mixing his faith with their faith. You, can you see that? Can you let your imagination run wild with that? Can you see angels helping you out and following you everywhere you go? Can you, can you know in your imagination that the Holy Spirit never leaves you nor forsakes you? Even when you feel distant that God's with you always? Even when, see those feelings? How many you know what you think affects how you feel? What you think affects how you feel. That's why you got to control your, imag your imagination. I'm getting out of bed today. I don't care how I feel. Now, that's willpower, isn't it? But God, you're going to be my strength. You're going to help me get out of bed. Amen. I will to do the will of God. That's See, that's our part is to will to do the will of God. That's where we overcome doubt, overcome hurt, overcome thinking, wrong thinking, wrong words. As Tim preached last, they'll, they'll bind you and they'll hold you down. But I'm getting up in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll not be held down. I'm an overcomer. Imagination, you will bow. Because wrong thoughts, imaginations, we're not, we're not going to make it. We're, uh, we're, uh, uh, oh, it looks bad. It looks bad in Withville. No, not. It's looking great in Withville. With counties turning to Jesus. We've got to change. And we got to believe God. We got to put doubts down. Well, well, Pastor, what about that? There ain't no what abouts. But, 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 no, get the but, but, buts out of here. Amen. That's doubt. Amen. But this, but that, but that. 
But you know what? It can be but that for them, but for you, it can be blessed. Huh? You can be blessed in the midst of a famine. Isaac, in the midst of a famine, multiplied, multiplied, multiplied. Because God was on him. Guess what? Are you going to multiply if a famine comes? You know what my, my confession is? If there's ever a shortage of food, the crows are going to feed us because there's enough crows that they'll go find food. And then God did it before with Elijah. The ravens fed him. Well, you know, there's enough crows around here. They're going to feed all of us. Why can't they pick up some food and bring it to us? You, you, we got to think out of the box. We don't think out of the box. I've got to go to work. It's my way to work. and make my $2 and come back home. What about God? What about God in the mix of your life? What about God say, hey, we're going to do something different today? What? You are, how many of you are practicing being led by God? Well, if he wants me to do it, he'll just, no, you got to get yourself in the position to hear, and you got to practice it. Today, I'm going to be led by you. I want you to, to guide me, Lord. Where do I need to eat lunch? Where do I need to go today? Do I need to go to dry cleaners and put it off tomorrow? Do I need to be, where am I going? Amen. I used to drive anywhere from two and a half hours or shorter distance around to different cities. Like I'd go to Winston-Salem, work down there and drive home. Had a God good windshield time, praying and singing and worshiping, but as I'm down there, I'm being led. I'm asking God all the way down there to guide me, lead me. Who, who needs what I got? Where do I need to go? What street do I need to go on? I'm planning out my week. Where do I need to go Tuesday? Where do I need to go Wednesday, God? Where do I need to go Thursday? I can give you stories, but overall, I always hit my numbers. Always. Always hit my numbers. Always blessed. Amen. That's when I said, hey, I need to go visit somebody in the hospital. Go. Go. They said, well, we need everybody to come in here and write down where they're going. I said, you're wasting my time. Don't I hit my numbers? Get out of here. The rest of y'all come on in here. I need to know where y'all going, what y'all doing. Amen. See, God's favor be on you when you start listening and being led by him. Come on, change your thinking. What can you believe God for? What you got in your pockets, what you can believe God for. Let's just get, let's get ugly just for a minute. Do you have million-dollar faith? Do you have a million dollars? Do you have $100,000 faith? Have, 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 what, what are you walking in? I'm, I'm, I'm just pushing some buttons today. Come on, because doubt will rob you. Well, I, I could never have a million. That's doubt. I could never have a million dollars. I could never have $100,000. I could never. That's doubt. That's doubt holding you down, not the man and not your job. Amen. Do you know there are businesses out there that there are people trying to retire and they want to sell it to somebody? They'll finance it and everything. We don't ever think about that. Oh, I just, I, I'm not even going to ask because I couldn't do it. You know how somebody, a, a doctor came to me and said, I want to sell you my, 
four-bedroom home, and I'll finance it for you and everything if, you, if you'll just take it. And I didn't have the faith to take it. I regret it. It was, it was, it was just what? It was bigger than me at that moment in my, time, in my life. My kids were little, all I could see my kids. I had no faith for that. My faith is greater now, but God grew me in faith. F-A-I-T-H. God was trying to bless me. I had a man that said, I want to, give you, I want to sell you two acres. I'm going to sell them to you for $2,000. I'm like, I'm 18 years old. I'm like, are you kidding? I know. He goes, yeah, you're buying them. You go to the bank, you get it. And I'm like, what are you, who are you to tell me what to do? You're buying this to, you know what? He's actually giving me $5,000. I went to the bank in two years. I sold it for $5,000. But, but I, my doubt and unbelief, and I can't do that with these hands. I've never walked in that before. I, 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 all I can see is what I can do. But what can God do? I ask you that at the beginning. What can God do for you, through you, in you? Ooh. Now it's getting bigger in here, isn't it? It ought to be getting bigger in here. Can you see yourself praying for somebody and seeing them delivered from alcohol, buddy? Couldn't you couldn't two years ago, but you can today. Huh? Number two, man, how you feel, you got to be careful. Let me go ahead and read 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. What that means is it's not by your might, your strength, the strength of your hand, just as I just did. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. To pulling down strongholds. Do you know where the strongholds are at? Right here, y'all. Right Right here. I can't, I, can't, I can't afford to do that. I can't afford to do this. Come on, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Number two, is it more faith or less doubt to break your chains? As Christians, we chase faith. How about less doubt? Jesus said, and I'm going to get ahead of myself in this. Jesus said, if you had faith as a grain of a mustard seed, if I had a mustard seed, you couldn't see it. It's how small it is. If I had faith as a grain of a mustard seed, I'd say to this mountain, be thou removed, and it would obey you. But what's bigger than our mustard seed is our doubt. (laughs) Smith Wigglesworth had less than you do. Not less faith, less doubt. Anybody who's done anything, Jesus had no doubt. <clears throat> Peter grew in faith, and he had less doubts. But if we try to build our faith and not take a t- and put the doubt down, then doubts are always going to be there. Okay. So Matthew seventeen twenty, Jesus said, "Because of your unbelief, they they couldn't cast out this demon, and they said, and listen." The disciples said, we cannot cast it out. Why? And Jesus said, because of your unbelief. And I found another translation said, because you're not taking God seriously. Do you know how many Christians don't take this stuff seriously? 
I'm saved, I'm good. And, and they're in a boxing match with the devil. And, uh, well, the Lord, you know, the Lord's putting it on me. I just, this is just what I got to suffer through. Baloney. You're in a fight. Bow up. Bow up for the battle. You're in a fight. And you know how you fight? Our weapons are not carnal. It's not with this or with this or with the sword. My middle grandson, he's the weapons expert. He comes in, he goes for the sword or the pistol. And he got, if he's just in his underwear, he's got a pistol and a sword run down through his underwear. I'm like, I don't know where that even comes from. But he's walking around his underwear with a sword down through there, you know, and he'll pull that rascal out and he'll, you know, and whop somebody. But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty to put in the spirit to pull down strongholds. So, so listen, so, so Jesus said, because of your unbelief, you got to take this stuff seriously. You can't be nonchalant about the things of God and expect to, to be an overcomer. You need to know what you believe, know in whom you believe. For I said, if you had a grain of a mustard seed, you'd say this mountain, move here, move there, it would obey you. Look at Mark eleven twenty two through 24. And Jesus answered. Now, this is the last week of Jesus' life. I always bring this up because that's how important this is. The last week of your life, if you knew it was the last week, would you be saying some things that were pretty strong to people? I'd be telling my mama, I'd be telling my brother, I love you, listen to me, you need to serve God. I'd be telling my kids. I'd be, Jesus is talking to his disciples. They're his family. And they're walking from to Bethany to Jerusalem, and Jesus sees the fig tree, and he, and he cursed it. He didn't call it a blankety-blank-blank. Blank. He spoke negative to it. He said, no man eat fruit of you. He said, die. Okay, let's just cut through it. All that King James. He said, tree, die. They come back by and met the disciples like, what is he talking to a tree? And then they saw it was dying at the root the next time. The next morning they passed by and Peter said, look, it's dying at his roots. And this is what Jesus said. Look at the scripture. Have faith in God. For truly I say to you, whosoever says to this mountain, be thou removed. And be thrown into the sea. And does not doubt in his heart. Let's back up. For whosoever shall say to this tree, die, it will die. Tim taught last Sunday, by your words you are justified. By your words you are condemned. You speak life and death are in the power of the tongue. Jesus just proved it. That's in Proverbs, written hundreds of years before. Jesus proved that when you truly believe your words, they come to pass. And that's why you need to quit saying, well, that just makes me sick. And I'm just tired of all that. I'm tired, tired. I'm guilty of that. We've got to control our mouth. Listen, speak unto the mountain, does not doubt in his heart, but believes the things which he says will come to pass. Whatsoever he says will come to pass. Therefore, I, I say to you, whatsoever you ask in prayer, believe that you receive them and you will have them. It didn't say pray and wait for you to see it said, believe in your heart. Matthew 21, 22. says, anything you ask in prayer, 
If you believe, you will receive. Believing. That's faith. Listen, doubt's always going to come running through your mind. Doubt's going to run through your mind. Don't let it get in your heart. How you tell it's in your heart? It's all you think about. It's all you talk about. Well, we ain't never going to get ahead. If I lose this job, they're threatening. They're talking about shutting the plant down. I don't know what I'm going to do. Doubt, doubt, doubt. I, I worked at a plant. They, the rumor got out they're going to shut it down. And, and I just bought a car for my wife. And they, people, somebody said, what, what are you going to do? You just bought a car. God's my source. God's my help. My mind want to go, oh, what am I going to do? But I said, nope. I ain't putting a worst voice to that. I'm going to voice that God's my source, my strength, my help, my shield. Hmm? What can you see? What can you believe God for? Anything you ask in prayer. Yeah, there's, there, there's stipulations. It's got to be according to the word. You can't ask for somebody else's wife. Don't get people do that. That's why I have to say stuff like that. You can't ask for somebody else's husband. Bible says you shouldn't covet. But it's like this old man I used to work with. We'd pass by somebody's farm and he'd say, Boy, that's a beautiful farm. I'd love to have that. And they had something just a little bit better. <laughs> he tried not to covet. Mark 6, 5 tells a story of how strong. Hey, how, 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 how great a faith did Jesus have? Anybody want to say? How about we say Jesus be number one in faith? Y'all agree with that? You, you think Jesus operated in, in great faith? I mean, he walked on the water, he healed the sick, the blind, yeah? Well, in Mark chapter 6, it says that they didn't receive him. They said, you know what? Who does Kenny think he is? I mean, I know Kenny. I mean, he was praying for people before he arrested them. That don't even make any sense. And then his wife wants to go off and, and put in a business to help the community. Who does she think he is? We know her, and we her sister even hangs out around here. Her sisters hang out around here. We know them. God couldn't do, use them to do stuff like that. That's what they said about Jesus. We know his brothers. We know his sisters. We know his mama. Who does Tammy think she is wanting to lay hands on somebody to see them healed? Who does Jeff think he is? He's been raised. He, he can't, you know, teach the word like that. I've had family do that to me. Your doctrine's jacked up, believing in that tongue stuff. I said, that's all right. You know, they came back and say, pray. Pray for me. And this is what. Now he could do no mighty works there, except he laid hands on a few sick people and healed them. Because their unbelief stopped Jesus. Wow. No mighty works. Verse 6. This was the antidote. You ever get bit by a snake? They want to give you anti-venom. Here's the anti-venom. And he marveled at their unbelief. And then he went about the villages in the circuit there teaching the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. It overcomes doubt, doubt, doubt. They doubted him, so he started teaching them. You need to receive teaching if you're full of doubt. 
This is the whole message in a nutshell here. Jesus could not do miracles there, heal anybody. They wouldn't receive his word. Who does he think he is doing these miracles? They doubted him. Say, I'm going to be a believer. I'm going to believe even more than I've ever believed before. Because if you look at the world, it comes to bring doubt. Circumstances. Look at the earth and what it's in. I've never seen it this way in my lifetime. Yeah, it's worse, but it's not like Rome was yet. But the gospel was preached in worse circumstances than what we have. And it prevailed. And we will prevail. Amen? We will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Quit looking at what you have and start declaring what you need or what you want from the Word of God. Are you ready? It's time to be bold. It's time to call those things that be not as though they were. It's time to, you know, I've been calling every, since, every day since I came here, when I, the day, first day I came, I looked around and I saw what needed to be. There's no new subdivisions. There's no houses being built. When I came, no jobs, no businesses opening. And I've been praying. And I'm not saying it's me, but there's others been praying too for this area to change. Look at the growth and the change. God wants to change it. You cannot look at it. What's bad here? There's nothing here. There's nothing there. That's what's always been spoken over Southwest Virginia. Flyover country. It's pitiful. It's poor. It's poverty. Poverty mentality. We're breaking that in Jesus' name. Do you know I've had people come in and say, well, y'all are a rich church. And if I ask you individually, most of you say, well, I ain't rich. But you got to have it in your heart that you're the blessed. And I don't, am I, am I foolish to think God wants to make everybody a millionaire? He can. But God wants you you be fully supplied. Can you see that? Come on, that's the first step, is I want to be fully supplied. And I can be fully supplied making a minimum wage. Huh? Fully supplied. Anybody else than me ever tried to check out somewhere and they say, hey, we're just going to bless you with that today. fully supplied come on it's, it's, it's time to change and start believing for the greater believing for more believing that the company you work for doubles so you can double we don't think about that we don't want you know, the, the, the society today wants businesses to fail how stupid you want the business you work for to succeed to double so you can double you wanted it to increase so you can increase. I'm on the stump now. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you stir in every heart. Right now. Listen, there's some of you, this is, Lord woke me up at 3 o'clock, and, and this is a word for you. That your doubts have been holding you back from serving God and giving God your whole heart because 
you think you have to do it by yourself. And that's a lie. God said he will empower you to live the life that he's called you to live. But your part is to submit your will to him. If that's you today, will you submit your will to him? Will you give him your whole heart? And I know, no excuse, excuse. Well, you know what? I've tried giving my whole heart to God. Man, just things fell apart. Well, the devil's going to test you. The devil's going to come after you, see if you really believe what you believe. If this was cake and candy, everybody would be doing it. But we fight the devil, and he's real. He's a thief and a liar. And he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But guess what? We have authority over him. And so get your imagination, get your mind right that I'm an overcomer and I can overcome anything the devil throws in my path. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. So listen to me. Don't let your doubts hold you back from serving God because the full measure of the blessing is in serving the Lord. Uh-huh. And if that's you, lift your hand real quick. I see your hands. Everybody needs it, so let's all pray together. Father, say, Father, I believe you. I trust you. I give you my life, my all, my job, my family, my finances, my health. You're my strength, my shield, the glory and the lifter of my head. And I thank you that you're greater than any circumstance, any test, any trial, that the devil might sin in the name of Jesus. I'm victorious. I'm an overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening today. You can keep up with fresh content, find out more about our upcoming events, and give to support Legacy Church all online at LegacyFamily.tv. From all of us here at Legacy Church, have a blessed week.